Hello and welcome to the Diveforia. This is the product of a flawless DBZ. I just flew in on my spaceship. Hello, yeah. guys. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty dope. Um, yeah, commander of the Enterprise here today is <laughs> none other than OG great I himself, feel Kobe. I feel welcome here. You gave me the seat of power. Yeah, you, you can let us know. You know, if you need more power to the shields, just let us know. At any moment, we can, we can turn it up. You know, we're, we're ready. Beam up his ale, Scotty. <laughs> Where is he? Uh, Isaiah will be joining in future episodes. We'll be rotating through uh, with COVID restrictions. We're currently limited to three people, Uh um, which means there can only be one person in the starship in any given episode. And since we are both jet-lagged AF, we decided one of the NAs will take the fall for this one. And you were the the chosen one. I I drew the short straw. I came in jet-lagged. They also, the airline lost all of my bags, so I have no clothes, no toothpaste or toothbrush even. I had to go buy stuff from the mall next to us. Uh, so trip's starting out great. I was going to say, that's, Welcome. that's pretty fantastic. I was also like egregiously late this morning, which did give you time to have breakfast. Yeah. But um, spoiler alert, sorry to anyone who lives in Adlershof, but food sucks in this neighborhood so like you got a croissant that was like as big as your head head, which you know initially sounds very exciting but as usually a red flag i think for the quality of the Uh, it was more of a frisbee than a croissant i think (laughs) and you could punch it in like we need to make a soraka banana throwing uh we certainly don't want to eat the croissant so we might as well Get something out of it. Yeah. Perfect um, new skin idea. Bakery Soraka. Bakery, yeah. Like the Pantheon Soraka. skin. We can add like it to the, the Leona one. The food themed yeah. skins. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. There's got to be oh, Butcher, I use Butcher Olaf all the time. Chucks the meat up in the air. I like yeah. the meat. The it's meat throwing. Yeah, now we just need the, the, the Soraka with croissants. I like that idea. There it is. What are you going to Riot say? Games. Uh, just, just let me know. My boy wants 5% commission. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> You can split it between the two Patent of them. the idea. <laughs> Patent the idea. Yeah, I was like, oh, I, you gotta leave me I don't think that's how it works, but I'm just calling it out now, just in case. You know, might as well, might as well shoot your shot, you know what Five I mean? Five minutes in and we're already making skins. <laughs> I was like, 5%? That sounds great. That's like, we made some world championships. Yeah, they, they, they get 12, 25, 25. I don't know what they get, but yeah, we won worlds. There you go. Me and Kobe won worlds You know what, winning minutes. worlds, just Easy. as good as thinking of croissant Soraka. I want, I want people to know. That's what it's about. And you can have like pretzels in there too. <laughs> I mean, it's it's all all good and fun, but I've only slept like two hours. Yeah. So I had two espresso shots in the morning nice. Nice. to prepare for this. Plus, I'll just drink a coffee while we're doing it to stay I, alive. What a trooper. I respect it, and I'm glad that you're here, and I hope people are going to enjoy the zaniness. Uh, for context, what we're going to be talking about today, plans. We're not going to go in deep on the group's portion of plans, but we're going to talk a little bit about the four teams that have made it through. We'll talk about the world's meta overall, and then we'll do we'll do like the, we'll do the world's thing. There's so much to talk about at Worlds, but we know what you want to hear. You want to know who's making it through, who's going to win, who's going to win. Why is it exactly? Cloud nine? <laughs> yeah, it's already I, I, I'm looking Put it away. Put it away. <laughs> It's not. It's not the coffee that it's, keeps them going. It's they the, they it's actually the were just pumping hopium into the plane on the yeah. flight over here. Yeah, that's what. That, that, uh, please, oh. please enjoy the flight. Fasten your seatbelt and enjoy the hopium. I love the idea that plain air is hopium. That like recycled, stale, gross air. I, I was actually it's pretty terrible. worried. Uh, I was telling Cajal because when I uh, flew out, I made the whole like, oh yeah, you know, post next to the plane, screenshot of me with the airplane, yeah. and everyone is responding to it. Like, be careful with that. You can't be taking pictures at the at the airport with you know cloud nine playing a best of five they might turn it right around on you, <laughs> you just, as you soon just as la- you get you here. just land at the airport and you're like wait why are you guys here 
I just mirror the picture backwards. Like, well, okay, we're back out. <laughs> just go back to go back to it. I mean, then let's like let's just. Let's talk about it. Were, were you sweating at all? Because you're the NA expert, right? I certainly right? was, my friend. When, okay, it's the classic check mark, right? We're like, okay, 3-0 start. We're killing it. We get to like tell everybody who's making fun of us to shut up. And then <laughs> we immediately lose to the zero win team and then follow that up with losing a tiebreaker. Yep. Okay. Yep. All yep. going according to it's, plan. It's cloud here. nine fashion, isn't it? Just yeah. pulling yeah. it out of the last straw. The, the best of five was clean, I would say. I think those, the first game was a bit close, but from then onwards, it was just like a stomp. I was, uh, I was sweating in the opener, though, because I think it was the first game, either first game or the second game. Zven dies bottom. Yeah, they like game. level one the Mumu all in, and then immediately after, camera pans up to mid lane and they gank perks, yeah, and yeah. perks dies. <laughs> yeah, it was <laughs> the Rakan MF 2v2 yeah. killing the Lucian Nami level one. Yeah, okay, no. yeah. They lost and all sums, and then mid lane died, and I was like, wait, mid and bot are lost in the first two minutes? Yeah. <laughs> that was. I kept I kept coming in and out because I had to work on something else as I was watching and I was like mm. catching up on the vods and I just kept I kept seeing the start of the games where like Sven up to game yeah, three Sven where Sven dies and I'm like, wow. Oh, and then I come back two minutes later and they'd be like behind a million yeah. gold. Okay, but he got his revenge in game, game number three. Th game three. You could tell he was so frustrated. With the first two games yeah, yeah. dying like that, the second game was actually a really good follow-up for them. Uh, you know, it was a good plan. They, they they routed bottom. He ganks bottom after they burned the summer spells. But game number three, Sven just went super sad mode. And, I, to and I took that personally. Yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. The Michael Jordan thing. No, but you can tell from like the game times, right? Game one was 33 minutes, yeah? yeah. Game yep. two was 21 minutes and yeah. game three was 19 minutes. Like, yeah, game two and three were just stumped. But game one, there was like, there was hopium for OCE fans and I think that like, them already having won their best of five and then coming against Cloud9 was like a good thing to see because everyone was rallying behind OCE. Um, and yeah, they were just one best of five away from making groups for the first time ever. Yeah, I think that like that series in general, I would say went very much as expected. I think there were promising signs, um, but overall, like Cloud Nine clearly ramping up in Game One, and then clearly just like Skating. better yeah. across the board, right? Game one, two, game one three. thing since we're gonna we're doing like holistically, yeah. uh, you know, these teams from play-ins and stuff like that, and and moving forward, I have been. Very happy with the, and Fudge even mentioned this in his interview afterwards. He specifically talked about how much they improved on their communication, both around winning matchups for topside, but also losing matchups for topside and, and coordinating with Blabber early on. So that was definitely something that we are looking for since MSI that they've been working on for obviously the entirety of summer. But I was happy to see that play out on the international stage, at least in play-ins, you know? Yeah, I think the best example of that is game one when he's playing Syndra perks. Yeah. And they roam top and they dove top a couple of times despite bot losing and perks having died early. They still found windows like level five to eight to just mm -hmm. run top and get kills for uh, for Fudge or at least get some pressure in top, which I think was really good. And, and we, we got to see a glimpse of Blabber Olaf, so... Oh, Blabber Olaf. Blabber Olaf. You guys can enjoy that. Item, man. Dude, I, I just like, I read item. Olaf's kit and I read Gordrinker and I'm like... Someone snuck this in. You know what I mean? Like these, these two, these two things are too strong. They synergize so. Like, hmm. oh, he gets more attack speed when he's low and more healing. This item gives him more AD when he's low, and there's healing on it. I was like, wait a second, balance so, team. What is this? But, but the thing to me is, I I actually like that design. Whether or not you want to attack the numbers and the power level, that's sure. fine. That's open for question. But I love the synergy in thematics and design where you really want to play this champion on the edge. 
The reason yeah. Blabbers Olaf always looks so crazy is because he always plays that aggressive style. Like he has Olaf brain, where he will always <laughs> Olaf brain. <laughs> he will always go me going. Yeah, but the reason it's so impressive is because he always. Maybe not always, but 90% of the time is always, you know, calculating yeah, it yeah, and yeah. judging it. Yeah. And so you get moments like that where he's literally 1v2ing people mid lane and everyone's like, oh my God, it's so OP, the Sterics and the Gore Drinker and all yeah. that. But he actually gets very close to death and maximizes these things you're talking about where the attack think, speed, the extra attack damage, the healing bonus sure. of being low. And you have to... You have to have that confidence and you have to have some Olaf brain because to play to that level. Yeah. Ultimately, like the clips that are going to get highlighted, like he's already giga fed at yeah. that point. So like that to me is not necessarily the moment that you're talking about. But there are certainly moments before that where you absolutely you need to, as Olaf, know the exact moment where you can commit. Because it's, al you, it's always the first 1v2. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> because yeah. you get super fed after yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the first 1v2, when yeah. you know that, like that's what's impressive because it is a game of like, I'm going to drop down to you know, 15, 20% health in the middle mm. of the skirmish. And I have a ton of sustain, but if they have any major cooldowns up, they will just kill me. Like I will just die instantly. If not, I will live forever and I will murder the shit out of you. But that is like, you are playing on the edge there. Yeah, he plays good. And then the, the highlight reels just show that he's pressing one button, but I just looked at <laughs> the highlight reels do show it, right? Like there are some plays, I mean, he played really good that game, yeah, but yeah. there was one where it's, it's like the decision before, when you fight, not button. the mechanics yeah, yeah. in the fight listen, that listen, are impressive listen, about Olaf. Listen to this, yeah. Okay, so Blabber's played 20 champions this entire year. Yeah. What's his highest KDA champion? <laughs> Olaf, 8.2 KDA in 10 yeah. games and it's like the highest by far and he has a 70% rate. how do you have a high KDA on Olaf that guy's nuts man how good is he I mean Olaf? it's good yeah you I mean, there, there are like some things, obviously your ideal axe placement where you don't throw it too far, but not too short and you're able to pick it up and stuff like that. And he does yeah, like the, yeah, the, the, axe, the Q the flash jumping. into auto and he would have eat after except the person already died. Yeah. <laughs> Normally you have loads of deaths on Olaf. Remember the old meta yeah. where it was like chem tank and stuff? Olaf go this way, you know? And yeah. now the gore drinker stuff and conquer. And usually when there are games where Olaf pops off, it's like, oh, okay, he's got Karma and Soraka and oh, yeah. you know, all this and a Yumi and stuff. stuff on top of it. But he does it in games where they also don't even have to draft around, like, buffing him up. So, yeah. Yeah, props to Blubber. Which I like, yeah, in general. And I also think part of that is just, like, the build pass certainly does make him feel less reliant on maybe some of the older things that you would have had to do with Olaf. And in general, obviously, like, is getting nerfed, but this, this tournament, it's strong, baby. We're going to see more Gordrinker, and I, I like it. I saw actually, did you see there was like a screenshot of some some uh, leak for, or not even a leak, from the beta realm where they were buffing it. <laughs> they were changing it, weren't they? I can't remember what exactly. So they took off were. at least the, the screenshot, the early one, and yeah. they don't have to be locked into this, was they were taking away the 150% health regeneration improvement and added 8% omnivamp. And oh, yeah, then yeah, yeah. buffed up something about and then the And they changed the, the AD, so it's not bonus AD, it's base AD. Uh, from 175% bonus AD, I think it was, to 100% base AD. Something Re like this. Regardless, yeah, I, I know it's it's actually on the slate for, you know, adjustments. Yeah, it's, being, oh, it's, 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 it's being changed for sure. What, yeah. in, in whatever form. And I'm excited to see what it looks like when it's new. But for now, it's going to be that... I'm not because basically what it is nowadays playing an assassin playing a bruiser playing a frontliner well I got the things for like you. let me tell Conqueror you and gore drinker like Orn Orn was the he can do anything assassin carry mage whatever whatever gore drinker is the Orn of items where it's like it's the mage carry assassin like I literally saw Akali's yeah. building it in solo queue I tried it it doesn't feel that good but then you get one solid gore drinker active and you're like you know what my 80 ratios are trash but gore drinker is gore drinker is just nuts yeah love that item um 
The other side of this, obviously, we had two teams that auto-qualified through, and we'll get to them in a second, but the other side of this was HLE. And HLE, I like. I feel like we sang a lot of praise for, for Cloud9, and I think they were expected to make it through, but it's good to see them do it with confidence. But, like, despite the fact that Hawa Life Esports has made it through very cleanly, mm-hmm. I am still not sold on this team. Maybe that's unfair to them, because they did do very well in the context of plans. Maybe I'm looking too far forward, but I'd love to get your thoughts Admit it, I'm a Morgan hater. I'm gonna put it out yeah, there. It's yeah, not yeah. like a it's not a, a it's not are. a niche stance to yeah, have. You know what say, I mean? Ooh, ooh wow, surprising, <laughs> original, right? Like, I, but at this point, I'm like, good job. But still nervous. Before we talk about Hanwa, Rip Doggo, like that guy was trying his hardest. Oh, gosh. Like, come on, poor oh, Doggo was gosh. absolutely hard stuck. I think that guy was playing really, really good though. This is the first time that a player has ever been banned during a tournament. Is it yeah. actually the first time? First, well. first time. Like he. Doggo just has to overcome so much. You have to feel bad for this. He's definitely a protagonist of his own anime arc, you know? Yeah. Right? Imagine like, they won that series and it was like, Doggo rises from the ashes and like he's like the best AD in planes and they get the groups. Can you imagine? Yeah. And they have a top laner mid. I don't know. Dude. And the first game I was sweating. I was like, maybe maybe they have a chance. And no, nah. yeah, they stopped, yeah, got stopped. It got progressively worse. Because it's not like you can sleep on Deft either, right? Like it's not like, like everyone was everyone was there for the Doggo anime mm-hmm. arc for sure. And Doggo, absolutely great. And there were moments where his teammates got to shine through but this was just tragic right Mm -hmm. like this was you can't even because he doesn't even get to go into this series with the team that he wants to go through and obviously like it's a midlander's fault he totally screwed up and you know whatever's gonna happen is gonna happen to him he's banned from the tournament that's all you can say but yeah really sucks for for doggo and the rest of the team but obviously we're mostly sad for doggo yeah and then just talking about hamwa in more recent times right their regular season was pretty poor but then the regionals and now the uh, the planes was pretty good the only real evidence i feel like we have of how strong is hanwa when we watched is, is their game against lng it mm-hmm. was the best of one um i think hamwa was ahead that game i think they could have maybe tried to close that game out because they had pretty good gold leads i think chovi had icon at his top tier two for eight minutes i checked from 22 yeah. minutes to 30 minutes in that game he had icon stuck at top tier two and they had full prior top and they tried to start nash like two or three times in turn but they never actually full committed and actually made a play all they did was get picks here and there and then the jacks just kind of scaled a bit and they made a couple mistakes um so i'm not really sure how good hanwa is because their draft was weird as too as well because what they did was they picked sejuani aurelia top side played hard for top and then had Ezreal karma bot weak side getting perma ganked so it didn't really make sense that the Ezreal karma wants to push can't push yeah. when they could have just picked like ziggs early in the rotation late picked an ap jungler like sejuani or Cartus or gragas whatever, whatever you want diana echo and then you actually have something to play for because the ziggs can play weak side the support can just pick a melee champ and roam top and you can three-man dive top and actually force things especially if you know Every opponent that you're going to face as Hanwa is going to have a spotlight on Chovy. Everyone's mm. going to look to shut down mid. And they blind their entire top side of the map first. Yep. All melee. It's, it's actually becoming more and more important to draft for me. If you're planning on playing melee mid, you have to be cognizant of the bottom lane matchup. Because early support roams will just screw over melee mid so hard. Mm-hmm. And, and you cannot play safe. And then... LNG, their coach was so open about it too. Afterwards, they were, he was just like, "Yeah, we came into it. Our game plan was to shut down Chovy." So I really like their, you know, Gragas pick because you can easily just body slam yeah. uh, <clears throat> and disengage, and and they just kind of laid out for everybody. So everybody's going to have that same sort of style and, and and game plan. Looking at Hanwa, especially if you look at the group they're in with with like Bwipo and Xiaohu as top laners it, I, as much as you're talking about Morgan it it does seem like it it will be rough for them moving forward because what kind of Adam 
What kind of surprises? <laughs> Adam is the top winner, I know. We, <laughs> you, you have to let go of Whippo. Well, it's, Whippo's gonna gank him. I, I know, I agree. I think your sentiment <laughs> around the top <laughs> side is right. For a second, I, I was, was like, like, I was like, nothing went wrong. I in was my like, head. I don't want to interrupt you because you're on such a tear. But like, the EU fans are already like, kill him, kill him now, get him out of the spaceship, bring Isaac in. We don't have time. Uh, excuse me, <laughs> jet lag. Boom. <laughs> Boom. Yeah, you're forgiven. You're Checkmate. Forgiven. Checkmate. Um, the, the, the last thing I just want to say about Hanwha is you're completely right. They early rotate their top side, and then what LNG did was they banned Ziggs on 4-5, right? Yeah. It makes sense. Now you have no mage bot that can just wave clear mid and have some AP damage. So I think that if they did like uh, Irelia, Irelia Trindimir, Ziggs, and then fourth picked an AP jungle, they'd be fine. I think the best example of why Ziggs was such a good pick for them is if you watch RNG's games versus WE. RNG was struggling against LNG in the playoffs, in the mm. LPL, and they got, they got stomped. And then when you go to, well, they didn't get stomped. They were winning those games, but they lost 3-1. Um, then you go to the regionals and against WE, what do they do? They play three games of Ziggs with kind of AD champions around the map. So like Lucians and things like this. So I think they found a good band-aid for playing Ziggs bot on AD comps. And I think Hanwha could have done the same thing. I think yeah. Ziggs is going to be really big this tournament. Like just, just generally, <laughs> because there's not, not everyone adopts it. Like when you look at specifically Def's, Def's, history he mm -hmm. like it's very clear that his team overall still prefers Varus as the like leave it on an island it's going to win you lane kind of carry but i think in general ziggs not just because he's ap but it's like the the current king of just leave him alone let, let me, your let me wave clear let this your is, leona roam touch on actually yeah because coming into this i don't know about um going back and doing your your video for lpl teams mm -hmm. one of the biggest things that stood out to me in their ziggs games their ziggs bottom lane players are insane, are so much better than, than ours. I was just like, every well. was, like, was like, oh, he, he could do that? Because yeah, yeah we're like, oh yeah, you, it's so great. You get wave clear, you can leave them on your own. They're running kill lanes. And yeah, the Ziggs more set? Than 50 oh my God. More than 50% of their Ziggs lanes are setting up like all these burst combinations and kill lanes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and they've got like Rel or Leona or yeah, whatever. Yeah. And they perfectly, they don't even lead it sometimes with the CC to set up satchel charge. Yeah. Sometimes their Ziggs are just throwing out the satchel charge to set up their support. And I'm just like, huh. Oh my, he could do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh like, I'm God. sorry, but like the only skill intensive ability in Ziggs' kid is Satchel Charge. Like if you're playing Zig, like if you can hit the raw Satchel Charge, <laughs> you're good at that champion. There's two ways to do it. You can knock them into you like some kind of baby insect, or yeah. you can do like the fly in the air while throwing a Q. So <laughs> okay, like yeah, I will give you Ziggs the, main, the, the you know? fade away, like yeah, sideways yeah, yeah. Ziggs Q. Yeah, that's savage. That's absolutely. But that, that, yeah, that coming in, that was one thing from VOD reviews I really wanted to touch up for the LPL team specifically because it gives you so many more options within the game. When, when they do place this priority on Ziggs, yeah, you can leave them and then you can have your roaming support and it's very, gonna be very popular this tournament for sure to have mid jungle support, be heavy roaming early and, yep. and have huge influence, but they can also go for kill lanes on that bottom lane and then destroy your tower very quickly. So, yep. I mean, Ziggs is just reliability, right? You can play hard top side, secure an easy Herald with a strong yeah. top side, and then yeah. go with bot and Herald bot, have first tower, unlock Ziggs, put it mid, right? Or you can play strong side bot because, like you said, you have kill pressure, right? Most Ziggs lanes have engaged supports, so you can always go down there. Worst case, you can just play weak side and Leona can roam, for example, but Leona, Rel, Nautilus, all kind of does the same he, thing. He sort of feels to me a little bit like when Senna was really meta in the fasting Senna meta, and she just freed up so many crazy things that you can do compositionally. It mm. feels kind of like that because he offers so much. You can do a kill lane. You can leave Malone isolated. He takes towers really quickly. He acts as an AP source that frees you up to do a lot of wacky shit on the top side of the yeah. map. You know what I mean? Make well, an infomercial for me and sell it, baby. Bam. <laughs> Get like a <laughs> and on top of that, not only is it the early game, but in the mid game, you can just put him in mid and he'll always have push, right? <laughs> if Ziggs just... is like 
losing lane or whatever. Worst case, he can Ladies ult wave. He does it all. <laughs> yeah, he's a tempo genius. You can clear mid wave and ult bot wave and then play topside. Yeah. It's like, guys, you can try to cross map, but you're one wave behind I like, no matter what. <laughs> the sign to me that like this champion's going to be not a problem, but like big as I was like, I have watched games where Ziggs like alts maybe once in a team fight the entire game. And I still feel great about his alt usage. Like he's just wave clearing random lanes. And I'm like, Oh, this is wonderful. Like, if a GP is only alting for wave clear, I'm like, yeah. this is a trash GP game. If a Ziggs is only alting for wave clear, I'm like, wow, what a Ziggs. So he, fantastic. He also is a very good user of Grievous Wounds. You can just pick up an orb so easily, so cheaply, and he does so much AoE damage. True. I always think of that as being such a big bonus in the meta right now because there is... Frontlines are not champions. Frontlines are items, and they're yeah. like Gore Drinker, yeah. Conqueror, Healing. So most frontlines right now rely on some sort of healing. So it's always nice to have some easy way to apply that. Yeah. So I love it how now, supplies won't last. I love it how we've um, we've like hyped up Ziggs so much, and it's, it was banned three times, 8% presence in play-ins. But a lot of the main region teams, I think it's a good band-aid if you have these AD comps to just lock it in, right? I just think that it wasn't used a lot in planes, but I think it's something to expect. I mm -hmm. also think that the, a lot of the... The place where we saw a lot of Ziggs, obviously, was was the LPL. And I think I expect to see Ziggs more. But I also think Ziggs is a certain time investment. I know a lot of AD players do not enjoy playing Ziggs. So I'd be curious to see... Maybe we're like completely so, off so, and this champion's like no, absolutely so, useless in scrims. Yeah, I think that the way it's probably going to work for Ziggs is like uh, MF Lucian will be highest prior ADs alongside Aphelios. And then if you want to early rotate topside like Lee Cinerelia, which is kind of common, um, then Ziggs is just a good band-aid to play for a bot lane. Um, and that's kind of how the dynamic of the champion works. It's like, oh, we have too much AD. Okay, we'll early rotate the Ziggs. Oh, that's our draft plan. We'll early rotate the Ziggs. But MF's up, so we'll probably just go for MF for now and then just play an AP mid anyway. But if that's not up, then Ziggs is a good fallback, I think. Yeah. Especially because I feel like a lot of junglers are going to want to play AD jungles. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, with Tal uh, Talon, Kiana, Zed all coming through, in addition to Lee Sin Jarvan, which are still yeah. going to be very, very useful, very high priorities. Now you have the options of going for the other, you know, assassin flex picks. Yeah. And the, yeah. the last thing I would say on the Ziggs is like, why is Ziggs bad sometimes? I mean, when you traditionally saw Ziggs, you saw AD mids, right? You saw Lucian mid, Tristana mid. The reason is because when you get to the late stage of the game, you lack that AD carry that can just burst Nash or have DPS backline. You literally just have a mage with two bruisers, yeah. right? So you don't really have any scaling. So it's always safer to play like Lucian, MF, uh, Aphelios, because even if the game goes late, like 40 minutes in, 30 minutes in, third or fourth dragon, you have the DPS in the backline. Whereas Ziggs is more like that mage who needs to get ahead. Um, yeah. Otherwise, your team just lacks DPS, I think. I also think that like we haven't seen Ziggs a lot in the context of, or at, really at, outside of solo queue at all in the context of like all of these assassin junglers coming mm -hmm. in. Because while these players are very good, like definitely in a world where you have a ton of people, hyper mobile champions who are going to be able to dive backline, it's, I would imagine it's a little bit harder to just put him in mid and go, hey, we're going to be fine, mm. you know, and just leave him there while your side laners get to do what they want. And there to. is a lot of... D there are a lot of DPS options in solo lane picks right now, too. So uh, I feel like it's not too restrictive and you can yeah. be super flexible. I think the meta is pretty cool right now. We yeah. talked about Ziggs, but the meta in general is just, I like it a lot. Things like Irelia, Trindamir, I got Fura a little mids, scared when I Gragas saw mid. Um, so, so many enchanter buffs, you know, coming in. in oh, the, yeah. in the no, packs, I, was, I, was, I was horrified. Scared. I was horrified <laughs> because we were, we, were, we were talking and it was, we was showing up in solo queue at the time and I was like, I was like, no, this this can't happen. Everyone was, was like, playing like, was like Lulu, Yumi, Nami. Because like, if enchanters Soraka are... can remove Grievous Wounds now? Oh, oh my if God. If enchanters are good, I was like, it's like, we're like, 
we're like two weeks in the meadow away before tanks are somehow back in the top lane. Mm. Yeah. And then it's going to be hyper carries okay. and we're going to be back to the, the since, nightmare of 2018. Since we kind of spread our <laughs> like play in stock <laughs> into mostly meta talk, yeah, yeah, yeah. there is something for meta I wanted to discuss because I want to talk about some game theory for right now because it is such a cool um, meta and supports are at the heart of it for me. So I was glad yep. that they didn't completely change to, you know, enchanters. It's fine that those are an option. Um, but support being so busted right now has, <laughs> has come to the top of so many discussions. And part of the reason why is because if you compare support to jungle, which is, is kind of comparable in the strengths that, you know, about sure. roaming and stuff like that. One of the things about jungle and why I always liked jungle so much and have always mained it is for the like information gathering. And mm -hmm. basically you get to be like, uh, Sherlock Holmes, it's like a game of chess, kinda, exactly. Right? And and you can make decisions and you can punish people off of so much value being found out of tracking people. So like, okay, so they started red side, so you know blue side's up. Oh, they don't have to show bottom. Uh, if they do, there's a lot top side that you, can, you can get. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's, there's so there's a lot of if this then that sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. But it's support, so you can punish them even though they have so much freedom and and there's so many different ways you can go about it. Mm -hmm. Support though, how do you punish the support? You're gonna take the support camp? He doesn't have any camps to take. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. like as long as they push out bottom first or they, you're, they're communicating with their AD carry, you get bottom prio, run wild. You can gank top, you can gank mid. Yeah, it's, There's, it's not like, oh, now I get to take the proper countermeasures. <laughs> yeah, to like do something to answer yeah. it in a way, right? I think that support, the way I see it is it has windows where um, a lot of times you'll see both supports kind of match each other in mid, yeah. where they both arrive at mid at the same time, and that'd be because uh, the if the, this then that applies mm -hmm. when it's like, oh, they pushed me in, and my AD carry is catching the wave, that means this enemy support's basing. So I could sit here and get the XP for this wave, or I could just base at the same time and match him mid, right? So giving up and trading, I think it all comes down to windows, right? If you have a push out, or if your AD mm -hmm. carry catches a wave and he has a bounce, right? Support needs to be back in the lane for that timing. So he has like 30 seconds to a minute, unless he overcommits. If he stays top for a long time, and his AD is getting dove. Exactly. His AD has to back off, but we have I to think. get something top so, now. Well, I have to get Herald or something. Yeah. It's funny. It's funny because you say that. We started doing it really early in LCS. All of the sports just started turbo roaming. Core JJ famously, yeah. one of our games, literally first 15 minutes, he had almost 0% dual proximity. He was roaming so hard, and getting kills keep, everywhere on top side. Keep the, in mind, a single percentage is seven seconds. Yeah. So getting less than, getting it, low is like actually it was, it was 0.4 percentage. And that 0.4 percent, it came from only when they went down to do a dragon. He didn't even go to lane bottom side. He just got in range of him from doing dragon. I remember Alfari tweeted something yeah. like, uh, can't wait to play against someone like my duo lane of me and Core JJ yeah, top yeah, side. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny. Yeah, dude, roaming hey, is... I, yeah, I just think that, like, on the subject of, like, why it's so free is because, like, even the situations you describe where, like, an enemy support can punish, it's so much harder to punish. It's, like, matching feels like, at most, the best value proposition because more often than not punishing, maybe in pro, like, maybe you can force a dive, maybe not, depending on how long they mm -hmm. stay. Mm -hmm. But, like, the most that you get is, like, some extra experience, which for level six for some supports is super yeah. huge. But the amount of supports we've seen just live at level four for like 70% of the early game, yeah. pretty damn so, high. I, so I think one of the things that frustrates a lot of people who are not supports are that they're used to checks and balances. Everybody always complains about jungle and roaming and getting yeah, ganked. Yeah, yeah. Nobody likes getting ganked. But there are checks and balances for it where you also, looking back at it, you can be like, okay, well, we did have this information on these camp spawns. So you can... 
theorize mm. where they're going to be um, or, or even track people 30 seconds to a minute sometimes, depending yep. on how much information you have. But when a support recalls, how do you figure you out anywhere. if they're going mid so, or if they're going top? Yeah, right? that's the thing. You need to wait for support to show. So I think there's two things that I would say that there's like, you have to be afraid. Enemy support is missing. So don't contest that midwave, yeah. right? So both supports base from bot lane. Mm -hmm. Now they're in mm -hmm. base. If they both match mid, they match mid. But if one matches mid and one's bot, you can't really dive bot because he has a short path. But if he's diving top, the enemy support, <laughs> this AD carry is not getting that wave no matter what. <laughs> yeah, right? exactly. So that's how it works. If they're opposite sides map, you have to dive. If they're in mid, it's a match. And if you're close enough to each side from mid, you can always stop them from being able to do it, right? So that's the way I kind of see support. Uh, yeah, exactly. The next level of checks and balances is like, okay, well, then you should be able to balance it by something on bottom side. But there are so many AD carries right now that can like, MF can just ult a wave. And yeah. oh, Ziggs, I just bought my support Ziggs. another 30 seconds. Ezreal. Ziggs can just blow it up. Defensively and aggressively, right? You can ult the way for tempo to base and go to Herald, or you exactly. can ult the way defensively while your support's top, right? So it's it's really good usage. Exactly. Game. So like a lot of these, if, if the AD carries have decent wave clear, and like I said, you're communicating well, like at the pro level, they're so good at doing, it's hard to really fully punish bottom side. When this meta start, started to first emerge, I was really hoping for like, oh my God, are we going to get some bottom lanes that are going to turbo push on bot side? Like Caitlyn Morgana or Zach support in here something or and they push up they get turret plates they really you know make you pay yeah, yeah, for yeah. roaming but we haven't seen that be an actual you know capable strategy because it's so difficult to get that much out of the bottom side also, while the other one is is making plays on top side yeah also just given like the top side pool of champions the amount of people that can dive on a caitlin like mm. if, you, if you tell me i get my caitlin to one item sooner you know, like, great. But if you tell me the cost of that is, like, my their support, like, yeah, we got a dive or we got a couple tower plates. But if you tell me the cost of that is, like, they're a Moomoo, got to kill an enemy Aurelia, I'm like, no. No, yeah, sir. Absolutely this not is, worth it. This is the weird thing, because, like, sometimes League Matters are win lane, win game. And you just pick, like, Kate, Morgana, Draven, Lulu, whatever, Draven, Nami, Lucian, Nami, and you just, you just stomp the oh lane. Oh, my God. I hope we see more Draven, by the way. Yeah. I, Draven's, a lot of ADs are playing Draven. That looks really nice. It feels like an inevitability that he gets I've first kill. I've been tracking kill. pros, mate. Everyone yeah. is playing Draven. Everyone. So that might happen. I'm looking forward to that. Dude, some Hans, Dra Hans Draven. Hans, Hans Draven. I'm here Hans, for it. Gala, Gumayushi, dude, anyone, everyone. Viper, they all play Draven. Oh, the other thing I was going to say about supports, this is the last, I swear. That's I'm, fine. I, I, like support this. I like this discussion. Yeah, I, I mean, game, game theory is always really interesting, but we'll get back to the like um, actual teams at Worlds. Um, the other thing about the checks and balances and how you punish roles that have this much power is also usually by they lose some sort of gold or experience, but support kits are balanced around not getting gold. It's like they are the spoiled child of the family. Yeah. They're just like, you just get allowance anyways. Your kit just gets you stats. You know, yeah, you're, yeah. you're supposed to not CS and stuff. Yeah. Meanwhile, everybody else is out there working in the mines. Trying to make the diamonds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that's for sure like... The dread. I go through phases where I'm I, like every once in a while I'm convinced that I want to play AD in solo queue because I like duo lane. Like I like the concept of a duo lane. But every time I have like we lose lane and I have to sit in the side lane and farm for ten minutes, I'm like this role sucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't do anything. You yeah. sit, you have to be here to farm. Whereas like jungle and support just get to do like yeah jungle. There's a certain amount of time farming, but you can go anywhere you want on the map and like support you. Literally, 
opt out of like 30% of the League of Legends experience and play only, I love support, you only get to play the fun parts. Mm. You just fight people and move around this, the map. This is what I was going to say about the win lane, win game thing. Like Caitlyn Morgana push lane and win lane and get tower is great, but a couple of things have made that hard recently. Like plates are good for gold, but taking, what he wants to do with Caitlyn Morgana, for example, is take the tower and yeah. unlock them on the map, and get rotate. them in mid, rotate, take top tower, you know, xxx sa, 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 2v2, lane kingdom. <laughs> this was the old forgiven meta, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But these days it's harder because if you do pick Caitlyn Morgana, it's going to take a while before we can get my tower first of all. AD carries have a little bit more wave clear, which is great, yeah. you know. Um, but the thing is, once that lane dies once, and you die to a gank, and the enemy Leona all of a sudden pushes in the Caitlyn Morgana, that Leona is going to take over the map. And alternatively, if you don't do that, Leona and the jungler can just pair up support and jungle and dive top and play for Herald, take yeah. Herald, and they'll always kind of be one step ahead until you really get that tower. Yeah. Um, and also, Caitlyn Morgana, you need to tunnel vision on, right? If I have Caitlyn Morgana on my team, I have to be bought all game as a jungler. I have to give them full vision and find the enemy jungle all the time. Because if they die and they get pushed in by a melee support, it's doomed. And if they don't die and they actually start to get the push, they might dive top. So now my top laner, I can't cover. So uh, it's a big trade-off of like having winning yeah. lanes is great. But once they fall behind or they actually get ganked or make one small mistake, I just, it's so hard to recover. It just recover. doesn't feel like, like, when you lay it out like that, it just doesn't and feel then, like a good value proposition. The, the final thing is, where's your engage, right? It's a dragon. Uh, you know, you want to get 5v5 going in mid. You want to contest mid wave. I, if I'm contesting mid wave 5v5 against you and you have a Caitlyn Morgana and I have a, like a Leona MF, you have to back off. Uh, if you, I, if I'm I sorry, sir, range, you flash nope. R and then well, Q. Have you not seen Hellasang yeah, playing Morgana, Morgana flashing in and getting one shot, right? Like, <laughs> sometimes it can be good if you have like a really hard winning wing jungle and you're very confident in your bot lane, right? Sometimes, but alternatively, it's like, well, at 25 minutes in Ash fights, I think that, engage support just helps. That's more. why I like you you talking about it locks you into a strategy that's very clear for both teams to yeah, play around yeah. because if you're playing playing that, then you have to get to the objective first. Because if yeah. you get to the objective first, yes, then you get to set up your vision and your traps and you can try and funnel them. And, you know, maybe you have, you know, uh, engage from top or jungle or something like that. But um, it forces both both teams to, to know that there's a very Yeah, clear exactly. Path. Your only win condition is bots, right? Sometimes yeah. if you die in bot 2v2 or you die to a 3v3, support can just sack bot. You roam top and play top side, yeah. right? But the Kate and Morgana, you can't really sack them. You have to find a way to get them back in it. Um, but I think range supports we talked about, I yeah. think things like, you know, Lulu, Yumi, we might see them. We'll have to see. Yeah. Uh, I do think, here's my theory about the future. I think it's because it's early in this, you know, new newfound freedom of supports. You yeah. know, go wherever they want. Yeah. There are no expectations on them from other members of the team. When you get a gank from your support, you're like, oh, thank you so much, sir. I'm so appreciative like, oh, yeah, this that, guy's you, great. that you gave me some of your time. Meanwhile, junglers have been junglers for always. So people are just always are like, why are you not here now? Like they expect so so much of you yeah. and, and supports it feels like there's just low expectations and it's a bonus when they do it's but be, people are going to raise their expectations over time now of mm. it and so it's eyes are going to get much more critical on on support moves like support difference is is so big and it's going to yeah. be more noticeable yeah. as a low elo bard enthusiast people are very happy when you roam into their lane steal a cs they don't notice that though usually and you just like one meep auto they're like oh my god what is this how are you like i just won my lane thank you so much you're like no problem back to my lane like, take your portal eight, out of there yeah take my portal out of okay. there back to the team <laughs> uh, let's see all right so let's let's get into the, the group's discussion proper then um and we're gonna get a chance of course to hit on all the four teams that made it through dfm made it through too that's obviously monumental it's a huge huge thing for the lgl it's been a long time coming and it's it's super fantastic to see but i think we just if you guys have no qualms with it, I think we can just do A, B, yeah, yeah, yeah. C, D. Let's do um, the alphabet. Group A, go. Dan 1, FBX, Rogue, C9. <laughs> oh, shit. So, Dan 1, like, I think the first thing we need to talk about 
Kobe, I think that Cajun and I have had this discussion, and I imagine that most of the people at home, the Euphoria viewers have had, and I imagine the Dive viewers may have had a similar discussion, but this... This is not the group that I think our our region wins. Are, are you are you feeling <laughs> we'll, different? We'll let them have that group. Yeah, yeah you know, like we'll, we didn't want it anyway. Yeah, we didn't want that group anyway. LPL, LCK. <laughs> uh, I you were telling me how much faith you had in yeah, Rogue. Yeah, yeah, actually, true. I've earlier. said it a few times. Wait, what? I, I, mm. I I've 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 had this thought right where Rogue might have a chance. Okay, no, 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 no. no hold so, on, no, listen, hold on a second, listen, Kobe. One second. <laughs> what? Okay. There's the hopium, listen, there's the listen, copium, listen. and there's the leak scrims. And I, no, I know no, you're no, a big no, fan no, of the no, first no. two, but like, what are you on? Super they, copium. <laughs> that no. is also fine. I think in best of ones, in best, <laughs> best Rogue was the best best of one team Europe's ever had. Okay, like, I like in, that. In That's a good season, argument. That's a good argument. Season. Sure, 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 sure. Best of fives in playoffs, they always, I don't know if it's a mental thing, but they make a mistake. Secondly, if any team could get out of that group from Europe, I would say it's Rogue. Why? Because obviously best of ones. Hmm. I, I have a feeling they can do it. I don't know why. So last year they also had a hard, really hard group. And also the last True. thing I would say, the last thing I would say is like if you put expectations on Rogue, I feel like that team struggles, right? If they are the fan favorites going into a series, that team struggles. I don't know why, if it's a mental thing, but the, the thing I would say is they have no pressure. If Rogue wins, <laughs> if Rogue beats C9 2-0 in that group, great. You know, EU, you know, NA, third seeds, cool. If if Rogue beats one of Damon or FPX in that group just once. That mm. they've already exceeded any expectations humanly possible, right? They have no pressure. I'm very pressure familiar with this argument as an NA rep. <laughs> I, they have no made, pressure. I've made that argument so many times. Like, yeah, hey, you tell them. Get <laughs> you tell them. When you expect nothing of them, that's when they do good. Exactly. When you least expect anything. I maybe Rogue should. If they, if they bomb out of this group, everyone, no one's really going to care. If they actually get yeah. out of this group, I it's like, sorry, what's happening? I, the the only problem is that they also had a similarly difficult group last year. Yeah. So you could use the same arguments True. for last year, and they're like, "Ah, oh, man, FlyQuest are just so strong. We can't, <laughs> we can't do a FlyQuest." <laughs> no, but I for for Rogue for positives. I always feel like when I'm watching this team, I get so enamored with their players. Their players are insanely good. You yeah. go down the roster, and I'm just like, "Yes, all the way through." Inspired to me is actually the best jungle that you guys have. I mean, Elio is also is very close, but. Yeah. Th that guy should do really well, especially with like Kiana and and you know Zed and mm -hmm. and, and Talon coming through, um, and I feel so I feel like and especially with the bottom lane, you know Hansama, I feel like Draven's gonna gonna come in. This is this should be like every individual player should be really good. But then I'm doing my VOD review, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I always turn on the casters like for the beginning of the of this uh, <laughs> before before you mute us. Yeah, for, for the beginning yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, to get you some background. Hear the story. Yeah, yeah, how, yeah. how did the season go? And the first thing I hear is everyone's just memeing on Rogue Time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're just like, oh, look at your watch. It's Rogue Time now. And Bro. I was like, what, is that a bad thing or a good thing? Oh, it, it's a bad thing. Then you actually see it, and you're like, wait. How does this keep no. happening? Yeah, How does like, this, this keep is, happening? Yes. Ten thousand gold lead. That looks good. This that looks the, good. This is the problem: is that like we set up playoffs, mm. like the, the demon that Rogue needed to overcome was Rogue time, and then they rock into their first series versus Misfits, and here it is like two v one or getting a kill in every single two v one game. Yeah, Inspired yeah, yeah. goes top every single game. Game one, bam, they get a kill. Game two. He barely makes it out. Game three, he gets a kill. Game four, he gets a kill. Game five, he gets, he gets ganked top lane every single game. And Odo, like Odo or Inspired, die in those ganks yeah. every single time. And it's like, we thought Rogue Time was the big problem. And Rogue Time very well may be the issue again in best of one. But like, the reason that I am, 
I guess so Are hard. Are they on okay Rogue. with that branding, by the way? Probably. Not. <laughs> <laughs> they should embrace it a bit, like you too, you know, just like make watches with like a Rogue icon and sell them. Rogue Guys, time. You know what, what time it is? It's Rogue time. <laughs> have one of those big watches on a chain, like yeah, have a clock yeah. Here. Oh, yeah. Like, just so walk good. up to the LEC with that around the neck. Some gold teeth, a giant yeah. Rogue time clock. Okay. I mean, and I think you have to give Rogue the benefit of the doubt that whatever they struggle with in playoffs, they'll like they've had enough time to recover from coming in. Mm-hmm. But like, I'm in the camp of I'll believe it when I'll see it because I think Odawamne really struggled. I think bot lane, it felt like they lost faith in Trimby because he like, he definitely ran it in one of those series and definitely in a few of those games. But then they just like ran and were like, it's time for Lulu, which is just like, based on everything we've seen, yeah. not a good fit for how they want to play the game. So playoffs was like, I don't want to say a total collapse, but a huge... It was a total collapse. It was, okay, it was, thank you. It, it was, was a total it, it was a total collapse, especially when they lost against Fnatic, like, just got stomped, and that was it. They went home. Job done. Um, but I think anyone's going to say, damn one FPX getting out of the group. Um, but I think that if I ever had a super copium, ultra mm. copage take, mm-hmm. of, like, hot take of anything, I think the only thing I would say is, for group stage, maybe Rogue gets out of group A. That's the only, that's the only hot your, take I've had. Your super copium hot take is a maybe? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if if I had to take All right, the strongest drug known to man, I could get to maybe. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to make this spicy then. I'm going to say, we're doing predictions, right? Who's going to get a group? I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah let's yeah, do yeah. it. Let me write it down. So I'm going to say... <laughs> I can see it in his eyes. I'm going to say... No, I'm going to say... You can't do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even on, like, how long have you been on it? Like a week, a month, the super hopium, you know? Sorry, what'd you say? Yeah. <laughs> it's it's different to take the hopium. It's I, the, the, but when you have to look into the eyes of the team and then still but believe in them, it's much harder. To, you just look at this image and you're like, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's still... It's so... It's still really fun to watch these groups yeah. because... You know everybody is just waiting because everyone is going to put, oh, yeah, you know, I predict Damwon and FPX to get out. But they're just waiting on the edge of their seat. As soon as any NA or EU, you know, gets a win over them, yes! everyone's going to come out. I knew it. I never doubted them. I never doubted them. <laughs> you know, so it, the, this, is, this is one of those groups that I love because it's prime for pop-off. But if we both lose, then we'll just be like, eh, It's one you of know, those things you just push under the rug. It's like they screwed. lost. They were going to lose anyway. They won. Pull it out. Pull it's, it out. There's yeah, hope. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's, it's, oh, it's. it's and, and while. Okay. So our group predictions are going to be boring for this one because we're all going to do. I guess. Yeah. yeah I, guess. I think it's who's finishes well, it's like, first I do want to talk right? about. Okay. Okay. But I also liked. You were talking earlier about, you know, specific matchups. Yeah. Yeah. And mid lane. This is a sick mid lane group. And jungle. Mid jungle for this group is nuts. Yes. You have like Showmaker Canyon versus Doin BTN versus Larson Inspired versus dude, Perks and Blabber. Like, yeah. That's pretty. It's really it's good. Mid jungle is so pretty good. Mid jungle is And also, you have like Nuggery versus his old team. Yeah. Storyline Perks versus Showmaker Doin B. Storyline. Dude, get me in there. <laughs> You're so good. You've become such a good caster. You just you have an eye for it now. You can yeah, smell yeah, it from yeah. a mile away. You're like, narrative. <laughs> those are those are always the, the the most easy ones to do too. Like, wait, this guy was on that team and they're playing each other? <laughs> oh, they must they must have beef. <laughs> they must have beef. Beef. Yeah. No, I think that like But not only is it Nuggery versus his old team, it's also Khan versus his old team. <gasps> I you know, Khan I actually was on FPX in 2020. I actually love that because nobody tells the other side of the story. Yeah, because yeah. both teams were pretty much better when they have Nuggery on them. <laughs> it's like the uh, con, wrong. the con side of the story is like, oh, dude, no. I feel so bad for Khan. It's like uh, join T1, don't win worlds. 
go to semi-finals at MSI and Worlds. <laughs> uh, join FPX after they won Worlds. Don't win Worlds. Join yeah. Damwon after they won Worlds. I know what comes next. It's like the first thing you say when you when you hire Khan to a team is like, I want you to know that I don't think you were the problem. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And I feel like it should like Khan should feel good about his recent play. Like, sure, Damon were playing Finals through were top. He's been playing well recently, so it's really fun to meme on. And and you can be like, haha, you are you know the shitter yeah, one yeah, on yeah, both yeah, yeah. teams or whatever. But he's actually been playing well, so yeah, I think. Yeah. Him, at least if I was, you know, I would love, I'd be looking forward to this matchup so much. Just even the beginning, you know, first five minutes of it for his, for his lane versus. The, the, the funniest thing is like the only thing that's changed in these rosters is top lane ever yeah. since both these teams yeah. play on it, right? Khan had and that roster. And it's just trade. <laughs> Nuguri had that roster and it's like, well. It's just top diff then, isn't it? Whoever wins, because like they won last time. If you I win think, now, I think then, like, Co like Kobe's trying to get away from that because we're already like we put Khan in this box. <laughs> no, it's top diff. It's top diff. <laughs> I'm just trying to give him a little. Because I, I, I think you're right. Like it's obviously like those are the those are the BuzzFeed headlines that are so easy to follow yeah. that that's like the most easily repeatable thing about Khan's career. And yeah. like a lot of us, sometimes me for sure, will stop and go. I like that. That's funny. I'm not going to yeah. do it. That, like, that's great. That's good. But like, but obviously, he, has, when you he look has been deeper, playing well and they've been yeah. playing well around so, him. So who finishes first? Who's finishes second? I'll go first. Sure. Um, I think Damon will finish first in the group. FPX second. I, oh, is that finals? We're not good. It's good for FPX. I'm going to go so, FPX. I believe in FPX. Okay. Like, like many, my main, the th main thing I always look at when looking to attack Damon is bottom lane. Yep. And even like, Damwon themselves, <laughs> when yeah. they when they subbed out Ghost and they roll swapped just to be able to sub out Ghost, I was like, oh, that is an insult I, I don't know if I could take. If my team told me, you know, take a break, all right? You've been, you've been a little bit stressed, we can tell. I'm going to go ahead and play bot for a while. Mm -hmm. um, and and I, I was just like, oh my God, they're really going to do him like that? And they did. And it was honestly fine. <laughs> That's right? the worst part. The, the, so yeah, everyone, won, what was their win rate? Like 17 it was or seven, something? Yeah, it, it, it was fine. Um, yeah. So everyone's always looking at the bottom line as, as the areas attack. And so that that would be my one thing of of trying to, you know, combat that, I guess, and put them second instead of first. Yeah. Uh, would, be, would be ways around that. Um, I was already going to put them first and, and FPS second, but... I, if you're already doing it, it's not so cool anymore. You My know, only so. counter argument would be, do you think FPX's bot lane is one to punish that? Because Ooh, I actually, actually the finals, I think yeah. LWX kind of carried their only win in finals. Mm. This is another, <clears throat> it, it's actually kind of funny because both of these bottom lanes are bottom lanes for some of the best, the best teams in the entire world that get made fun of the most. <laughs> I I True. think part of because exclusive club. LWX gets made fun of all the time. And I see why. Because there are a lot of games where he's just like pushing out mid and he's boom. Oh, he gets jumped on by four people and you're like, yep. hey man, you're doing it again. And he's just dying. But if you isolate a lot of like early stages, lane phases, a, uh -huh. a lot of a lot of fights too, um, he, he's very good. And people make fun of him so much. That you, I, I feel at least um, sorry for him because some of the blunders are the most eyesore type of blunders, I mm -hmm. guess. Yeah, it's where it's like, oh, that's such a basic mistake, dude. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. And so I, everyone's I just like memeing the yeah. garbage out of it. But anyways, yeah, I do think they're they're better than most people give them credit for just because of that factor. But uh, I do think it's a good point as far as bringing up is this actually going to be 
you know, a group where they do get heavily punished. Honestly, I, I probably see Hans um, punishing him the most. Yeah. So, Especially if they play for winning. Like, So Venius now having a discussion of like a pretty base take. And it sounds base, but if you think about it, it might not be. Like Hans is the best AD in that group. Yeah. I mean, with... With how well Sven, like Sven memes of the first two games of their of their last best of five series too, yeah, I'm like, yeah. oh my god, like that uh, th that was rough. It's, and then you you look across at LWX and and Ghost as well, and I'm like, you know what? Yeah, stamp of approval. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I can't. Tell I won't who the be. Best. I won't be surprised if Hans turns out, but I won't. I would not. I think call it's between it LWX game. and Hans, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, it's hard to say, but yeah. yeah. I think I think LWX, like I say, is, is a lot better than people give him credit mm. for. So that that because I think I think Hans is for sure exceptional, and I think, but I think the other thing is that like Rogue have always drafted super super strong, super proactive lanes, and like True. still like even in strong lanes, getting solo kills, getting duo kills is still impressive to me. But like I do want to see how Hans stacks up uh, a little bit more in this context against international competition, and especially players from a region where they like. They kill people in the bot lane. Yeah, because like, because like the just going back to your point about LWX, mm -hmm. to me that finals wasn't really bot diff as much as Viper had that insane play on Aphelios and like killed everyone and they made insane comeback in that yeah. game four. I think it was like they should have won that. Jungle, that was so troll. Yeah, they should have won that game. That mid -jungle, game. Oh to me, mid jungle God. was like one of the biggest losing points apart from game four, of course. Like yeah. Scout and JJ, I think were just I don't know if it was just TN. No, briefing. Scout, Scout. Scout popped off very right? well, that but series. I also think Tian was like just making so many basic mistakes. They were yeah. losing mid jungle two v two early like, most of the games for no reason. Game one, Dwayne B fell out of it just like almost immediately. Like they yeah. just felt like, like from he that could mid tank on anything. Olaf level yeah. four, the second they both died, it's like, well, it's just over. Like what is what is happening? So yeah. Yeah. yeah anyway, we have we have three other groups to discuss. So I don't I don't want to go too much more in depth here. We'll see. Uh, yep. Kobe, what your final? Are you putting Dan one Kia one or? FPX one. I'm gonna put FBX one. I am FBX. That's right. one. You just got outvoted, bro. Oh no. Oh no. No, that's not really. That's probably makes you cooler, actually. That yeah. I'm the based one here. It does. Yeah, you're the base one. Um C9 is the last thing that I want to talk about here. Because we hit it on them a little bit in plans and we got to like I don't know, emotionally vent about rogue concerns, fears, positives. So yeah. like I do want to know how you're feeling about C9 in this group. Are you are you similar to us where you're like, no one expects it, it's possible? Yeah, I mean, when you're in a position like this, you're punching up. Nobody's going to berate you for, for losing to FPX, for losing to Damwon. And, well, actually, if we look at MSI, everyone did berate Cloud9, even though they took a game off of everybody. Everyone took a game off Damwon. They literally right? took yeah, a game Cloud9 off everybody. It. So, like, if you, you beat Mad Lions, you, you beat Damwon, you beat RNG, then you should be able to feel proud of yourselves. And I, I do expect that from Cloud9. Like, they, they can easily take games off every team in this group. They probably won't have the consistency to get out. That's for sure. You yeah. know, nobody's going to say that. And uh, consistency is definitely an angle to look at. But I do like that we have high peaks. Mm. Exactly, yeah. I think it's the same thing that applies to Rogue for C9, right? If they can win against Damon or FPX, that's already, like, a massive up. If you can win against both of them in a, in a double round robin, like, once, that's incredible. If you can get out of that group damn son we're gonna win worlds you know put that on your resume yeah yeah, yeah. That, they're winning worlds you know um <laughs> so yeah no expectations everything to win nothing to lose i think having that mentality is a really good mentality it's very dangerous like, for, yeah, yeah. for some you teams get, if you're playing you should team, get like a quote box and because that's a good like how you live your life you know inspirational <laughs> cadrill talks like yeah <laughs> nothing to lose backs against the wall nothing to lose <laughs> oh my god no oh, we're setting this we're setting this nothing to lose well, right? yeah. everything to win tune in something i would i would say about this world so i don't know if you agree with me but every single game 
barring like one or two matchups, sounds mm. incredibly hype, right? Like incredibly. These groups, last year there was a few groups where it was like, oh, this team's playing this team. Oh, they're going to get stomped, you know? Um, Are you excited for like Gen G mad? Yeah. I just, I'm, I'm yeah, I mean, that's so we'll get to Gen good. G. That's we'll get Gen to me. EU, baby. That's EU true. Versus, EU versus that's okay. And then like, not big on the Gen G. Then when you train. move to group B, right? We've got uh, EDG, T1, 100 Thieves. Like, dude, this group is... DFM can even play upset. That group, I think, is also pretty hype because at first, it's similar to group A where you're like, yeah, EDG, T1 are going to get out. But then 100 Thieves are looking pretty damn good and DFM just qualified and they're looking dangerous too. So you're like, hmm. I'm... Yeah, let's get... Let's talk about it. So this is my thing. Let's talk about, like, most exciting matchup. I think it's similar to the last one. I think, I think mid-jungle is the banger here. I think there's, like, obviously... A lot of hype. It's it's mid, isn't it? Like Faker. Mid, it's mid for sure. Because like there are some cool bot lane matchups that I'm excited about. Like you know, Viper by default being in this group, I think automatically draws attention. Dude, on Viper there. Gumayushi. That's for sure a banger. That's but the in the same banger. way that like the Nuguri Khan matchup was the banger. In the other one, like that's one banger, and the rest of it's kind of like that's okay. like the main the the main card. Yeah, the, yeah. The, that's the, like and then the rest title. of it, the title. <laughs> yeah. You know, or maybe that's the undercard, and the title is all the mid lane matchups. Because like I am really excited to see what Abdage can do. Faker versus Faker Dage. Faker versus Faker Dage. Dope. You know what I mean? Like Scout's that's super hype. He's been on EGG for a while. He was on T1, I believe. Yes. Well, ago. he was like he was like uh, he was. I think he was pulled off of T1's basically T1's bench or T1's, mm -hmm. and then he's been like most of EDG's roster are like EDG. If he players. was there for at least a minute, then we got beef already. We know it. We know um, it. And then DFM is like playing upset, I think. Yeah. And I think like obviously DFM, I think they're fighting for as many. What wins they as traded they can for get. upset? Ha 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 ha. Thank you. Sleep deprived, Kobe. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> you got to have an outburst every once in a while. I literally have only had two hours of sleep. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i'll let you off this time uh freak just dm me he was like <laughs> get a pun in there quick oh my get, god. okay <laughs> um yeah so i think that mid jungle pun, pun, pun mid or mid jungle is what i'm generally excited mm -hmm. for that wasn't even good dude like yeah. not even the concept of come puns. On. i was like, chiming in i was chiming in the pun train yeah, come on mine was good let it go <laughs> was mine that bad <laughs> no but yeah because Closer, especially the way it moves on quickly. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the, nice thing. the way that Hundred Thieves ended our LCS season, Closer yeah. absolutely deserved MVP. Sure. Uh, of of playoffs, of finals. I think uh, Hoogie also played he, really he, well in that he series. He smashed too. So yeah, definitely excited for it. Yeah, and like that jungle mid duo, I think in general, I'm like, not just because you know former TCL, former LEC, but like. Those boys are doing it. Oh, you're bumping to Yeah, I know. I really love Abed, okay? I'm really excited that he's doing well. Makes our me really boy, happy. Our boy, Abed. Yeah, no, um, this group is... Um, yeah, because if, if, if you ask me, I would say EDG first, T1 second. 100% EDG first, I think. Yeah. Because, like, T1... I guess we should talk about T1 a little bit. I think EDG is going to win Worlds. Really? I really think... Yeah, I really think they're, they're better than FPX. And a after they showed really strong adaptation yeah. in finals... That completely sold me. Already this this year, I was like, "Oh my god, it's really coming together." Viper, Viper Mako is literally the best bottom lane at the in the entire world. I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, but when they showed adaptation and they're playing one three one, they're playing split push. They they're coordinating really well mm -hmm. around around some things that FPX force. I was just like, "Okay, I'm sold." So I'm going all I'm going all in on them. So I definitely think they're getting out first in this group. I, I think. I'm going to be uh, the Debbie Downer here and say EDG kind of got given that finals. Uh, I think FPX solo lost game one and through game four. So I <gasps> feel like me, that, should have been, that, should, that should have been a way closer series than it should have been. Um, and I, I think 
I still agree EDG is going to finish this group first. And I think EDG yeah, yeah. will probably make it to semis or finals. They look really good. Uh -huh. um, I so think I can see the re argument of winning worlds, but the interesting team to me is T1. I, gr I agree, because T1, I get so used to mm. thinking back. Because when you prep for this team, obviously you take your time to look at like the laundry list of titles, the experience. But then when you watch this team, this is like... T1 are kind of all over the place to so, me. So the funny thing to me about T1 is just... Every single tournament of Worlds T1 has ever been in, they're the favorites, right? Every single Worlds. Even like 2019, they were one of the favorites to win the whole thing. This yeah. is the first I was like, that's the only shaky one. That's the only yeah, yeah, This yeah. is the first tournament where you're looking at them, you're like, probably. I don't not. think they're the favorites. Nope. You know? I'm looking at them and EDG, saying they're definitely Damon, not. FPX no, 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 no. Yeah. Like, like, they're not. That's crazy, though. Isn't it? I don't yeah. know if they, like, I, will be, I won't be surprised if they make it out of this group, but I will be impressed if they make it to a semi. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's T1 who made semis in 2019. They made yeah. finals nonstop. They've won titles. But you yep. look at them, you're like, yeah, you're, you're really not the favorites here. Yeah. The, I mean, this version of T1, the things that stand out to me as far as VOD review is. Like this is the most aggressive I've ever seen this team though. Mm. If you're talking, mm -hmm. if you're looking back at history of this team, it, it was so much more discipline and control in the past. But now that they have all these rookies, you know, like owner, I love owner, but <laughs> owner, he makes some very, very aggressive and he likes to take a lot of chances. Yep. Um, he's definitely willing to fight all of these skirmishes. And I think that that was an intentional change in philosophy of how T1 want to play. And, and Faker is a part of it, you know, wanting to play more aggressively, wanting to take a lot more of these fights, wanting to shift away from the old style because there was the 2018 downfall of the, you know, old LCK kind of delay you, scale type of style. You also say old, but like, I think, it's, it, it, yeah, you're right. T1, I think he's the youngest roster at Worlds probably, right? Carrie is it, like exactly. 17, isn't that, it? Gumayushi's 18. So this was, Older's th 18. this change I'm saying is so intentional from yeah. T1 and I don't think they've perfected it yet. That's why I don't, I say they're definitely not favorites. Um, I, I think there's even a chance they don't get out of this group. If, especially, okay, looking at their series versus Gen G, <laughs> if you remember the beginning of even, even though they won this series and they, they won it pretty handily, the beginning of the first three games in a row, they give over um, Ophelios Thresh uh, they're they're losing push bottom lane mm. and and Genji moves up to uh, to Harold. They make a good you know it's good setup from Genji. They're like mm -hmm. okay we have prial bottom lane. We make the first half rotation up uh, towards Harold. If they don't answer, we just you know rotate back so we don't give yep. up too much. But SKT goes to Harold every single one of these Harold fights. They lost all three. They ended up coming back and winning the game in two of those games. But they still started out with these big deficits because yep. they're just going up late to these fights because their bottom lane's getting pushed in by the Cephelios. Mm -hmm. And it seemed very stubborn to me, which is is maybe a trend. Like there's a lot of things where some of their drafts, they just pick the same things over yeah, and over. Yeah. Uh, some of the plays, it takes them a while to adjust. They're not as nimble or maybe disciplined. As yeah, I think you're completely right. There's a lot of consistency in like, if it works, don't fix it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Like T1, I feel like just repeats the same formula always. Like mm. you said, always contesting Herald. Yeah, we can maybe win this time around. You know, they don't yeah. actually stop doing things. Like you said, in drafts against HLE, Azir, Zinzao, Estuel, they picked it like four almost or five games in a row. Owner's pathing is very predictable. This guy did full clear. <laughs> this guy in HLE series, if you watch HLE series and watch the first five minutes of the game, owner is doing full clear to top side five games in a row. And he's diving top or taking the enemy top camps. Like he'll do uh, blue side four games in a row, pats top, takes enemy Krugs or tries to dive top and then backs off. 
Red side, game five. He does full clear to top, goes for enemy Gromp, and then dies and gets collapsed on. I think HLE were like, guys, this guy's pathing top every game. I level mean, four, can we please kill this guy? Okay, again. And then he died. In their defense in that series, Morgan was like hardcore griefing. I remember, do you remember the game where he finally didn't die as Aurelia? And then still managed to die in the side lane like 10 minutes later. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the roughest game for Morgan was, was it game five when he was like against Kennen and he loses like six waves top even though owner died and then he's just completely Bro, the problem is you're describing it. half the series. We just saw this like yeah. a, this jam Kana, Aurelia Kana pick played every five game. games of Kennen. Faker played five, <laughs> four games of Azir. Like, dude, they were playing I, the same things over and over. I, I agree. It's like hard to, I, I think owner sometimes makes a little bit like has some suspect decision making. And I think statistically, like to back up what you were talking about, Kobe earlier, like mm -hmm. they do have a very strong early game, all things considered in the LCK. Mm. But despite this super strong early game, they're like sixth overall in how fast they finish the game. So they're always coming out with big leads in the early game. They're always getting towers early. They're always taking these early objectives, you know, or at least fighting for them. But then like that actual transition isn't isn't consistently coming through effectively and i think that is a clear sign to me at least or could lead us to believe as you mentioned kobe that it's just not it's not perfected yet they're still like they're not yeah. all on the same page it feels like a lot of players still trying to figure out how they all want to play together and it sounds pretty negative so we can add the positives is that after a lot of those openings they still are able to find so many good engages because of the the positive side of these rookies that they added yeah. Carrier and an owner, the the upside of adding these rookies is that they have been so insane with their engages. Like they literally, even with some of these deficits that they got from the early Rift Herald fights, because uh, he Carrier is so good at moving to Rome with owner, they pick after pick after pick. Don't give this man Leona because he mm. he just forces on Gen G. And even with a pretty good like team fight setup for them, they still won team fight after team fight to get yep. right right back into it. Um, and, and take the series. And so when we're mentioning the negatives, we also have to mention the positive of having these 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 young guys. Uh, it's cool to see as the pressure mounts on the big stage on at Worlds, it, you know how how you perform under yeah. that. You know as as you're as you're younger and you start to uh, see the evolution of this team. The, the last thing I'd say is it's yeah it's it's exciting to see these these kind of like rookies on their first international mm -hmm. stage in a way like owner is tearing up Soloki right now. I think he's the yeah. highest elo player in all of bootcamp, almost rank one. Carrier is playing like Predator Thresh, Anivia support, Echo support, Talia support, and he's like changing the support meta in European solo queue himself. Faker is Faker, right? Kumayushi is rated as one of the best ADs in the world. Kana's improved a lot since start of year. So T1 has a lot of positives going around them. It's just whether it all comes together. Yeah, but I think at the end of the day, for just final prediction to this group, everyone on the same page right now is it no. just EDJ, SKT? I already know what you're gonna say. Here I'm, comes the hundred thieves. Yeah, you gonna say it? I'm getting out. We we laid some groundwork. I think that it is possible for hundred thieves to get out over T1. Um, I I I will predict EDG and hundred thieves get out. Okay. I'm not gonna say that hundred thieves are you know sig this significantly better team, but I can because I can clearly craft. The game plan for how Hundred Thieves beat T1. I really think that this is a is a legitimate possibility that people should be considering for Hundred Thieves to to get out with EDG, um, especially with how well Closer 
played towards the end of the season mm -hmm. with all this extra pressure. He really took it upon himself. And with the meta now having a lot more uh, assassin opportunities, mm -hmm. having him be able to snowball with FBI and Huhi have always been a rock. We can always count on from this team. Uh, for bottom side of the map and for team fighting. And since they added Abadage and Closer's playing so much better, that I feel like it, it is definitely possible. I'm a little bit cautious still for someday in this group, but I'm optimistic. Faker Dage takes on Faker. Exactly. Who's the real faker? Who's the real faker? And who's I, the real I, dog? I really like, like, I don't, I'm not where you're, you are yet, but like, I see it. Cause like, as you guys, that's fine. Like, you know, I've only had two hours of sleep and a plane flight full of hopium. No, so. yeah. You're, <laughs> it's hard to be where I am. <laughs> I, think, I think you're right. But I like, I, I got a lot of love for Abadage. You know, you watch that kid tower diving as a Yasuo and griefing into Jizuke to winning LCS. Like, I feel good about him, you know? <laughs> I've, I've, I've watched the Int arc. I've watched the Faker Dage arc. I've watched the, the King of LCS arc. I'm ready for the next the arc. Miracle arc. Yeah, the Miracle yeah. arc. Like, Amazing. I'm ready for more. I, I, got, cool. I got a lot of faith in Abadage. So I would love to see it. I am still still believe that it's more likely to be SKT at this point, but I, I like it. And I T1. Can, T1, sorry. Yeah, horrible. <gasps> Find. Uh, probably, yeah. That's no, it's a bad just a habit. Kobe podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll leave. It could be you and you and the captain of the ship here. All right, group group C. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> group C. Shields are up. Shields are up. Uh, <laughs> God. Uh, PSG Talon, HLE, RNG, and Fnatic. Let's... I think this is group C and D are like the closest groups. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. It's yeah, like they're yep, the most yep, unpredictable yep. ones. Who knows who's Let's getting Let's start up. with predictions on this one. All right. Okay, I like that. I like that. You, like you want to hear? Okay, I'm going to go Fnatic first. Um, no, RNG first, Fnatic second. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. RNG first, Fnatic second. I yeah, respect yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, well, that's what I was going to do too is RNG first uh, <laughs> no. and Fnatic. But like you're saying, I think that if we end up all <laughs> predicting the same, that doesn't do justice to how much closer this group is. Either. Yeah, it is a really close group. And I think that matchups, the craziest and most hyped matchup for me is Fnatic versus RNG bot lane. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Upset Hilly. Very nervous for top lane, but bottom lane is going to slap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you say that, but I was watching a game two days ago. Adam versus Shahu in solo queue. Adam got two solo bolos. His jungler was top a lot of the game, and Adam did post it on Twitter when RNG said looking forward to the world. And he I screenshotted it and put it on Twitter, and he was like, I stomped your top laner. <laughs> I respect the confidence, but like, and I think Adam did a lot, like, Fnatic had this crazy playoffs run, and I, but I'm like, yeah, I it's still, just a solo game. it's just one, it's Sounds just like a, a true game. Darius player mentality, by the way, to be like, oh yeah, my jungler's camping. Ha <laughs> ha, stomped you sucker. Yeah, sucker, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to say Fnatic second, but I think the bot lane matchup is super hype. I It'd mean, be it's, way cooler if you just stick with the first way that you said. Yeah, it. I, I think Fnatic RNG though. Yeah, Fnatic no, RNG. No, no. <laughs> I think I think as Kobe said, EG's gonna. Win. I think RNG's gonna win worlds. You think RNG's gonna win worlds? Mm. Yeah. You think Gala Ming is gonna be EU Gala Ming? Yeah, that's true. Actually, that's what the, everyone uh, compares Hitty. to. I love it. Mean, says upset Hitty was yeah. an LPL bot lane in Europe. It, it, it's also cool. We were talking about it earlier, but it's cool that both of them are are replacing these super famous legacy players, you know, Uzi yeah. and, and Reckless, and it's just Fnatic's it's first world's not Reckless ever. Yeah, they probably don't feel the same way about like the long-standing rivalry, but it is kind of like the rebirth. Of, like, if you really want to, like, we'll see how this matchup goes, but Games, it has the potential legacy. to be the rebirth of that kind of uh, Fnatic RNG yeah. rivalry for so many years. Right? I mean, oh. yeah, and and some oh, there's a lot tied in with the word rivalry, but it is yeah. it's cool to see organizations even if all players and and mm -hmm. stuff have changed over the years have, you know, matchups like that. And so, sometimes it's just with the fans mm. and the fans remember because if fans have been, 
you know, stuck with the same organization over the years, even if the players has changed, then, uh, you know, fans still get to, they always want something to talk shit about. Yeah. And Deft's in the group too. That, that's more to the AD pool. Yeah. Sounds really yeah. Talk. So AD bot lane really is definitely good. really, really cool in this, uh, in this group. Rip Doggo. What, what's your, what's Rip Doggo? <laughs> I just remember the, remember the PSG, the dog. I really like Doggo. Yeah, I liked, me too. Yeah, I liked me that too. Doggo PSG. Was, they did quite well hey, when, when Unified came back. So. G2? Yeah. G2 listening maybe? come on we don't need to poach so what's your prediction cd um yeah. i i mean i think it's pretty pretty clearly rng fanatic the thing is is oh i i just don't think that there's room like i think that there were going to be a lot of close games but i don't believe 100 percent psg town right like i think that they're pro they're good but i i would want to see more from them like mm. watching their games i'm like not 100 percent confident either way and i think I don't believe in Hanwha at all. Chobi Life Esports? I don't believe in Hanwha at all. Like, I think they're fighting They're fighting for third with PSG. I will say that I liked that at the end of plans, you got to see, like, Willer have some big, you know, games and, and some mm. other people. Because if they just stomp through and it was just like, oh, Chobi's legendary every game, um, then I feel like more people would, would still put them in the same bucket. Yeah. I mean, HLE was very slow when they had a lead against a good team in LNG. Yeah. Uh, and they were, seemed a little bit indecisive on how they wanted to close out the game because they had a lot of options, I feel like. But then I also think they were kind of, I don't want to say this, but they were kind of gifted through to groups from what happened to BYG, you know? I mean, um, I think they would have won anyway. But they they would have won certainly anyway. Certainly that but series really, they was... Weren't, they weren't yeah. tested at all. I think that's it, the it's problem. Really, they, we can't, it's so hard to say, they weren't really tested at all. That's um, the thing that we're missing, I think, is more games like the LNG games to see how they play when they are really, really tested, you know? Yeah. Well, I think the good news is, life. like, you did see over the course of that series that, like, while Doggo did have some fantastic landing phases, like, obviously, Deft is still very much a force to be reckoned with. You can't just disrespect Deft. I think he can be a good player. Again, we talked about him earlier in the context of, like, oh, isolation on bot side, so you can you can go towards top side. I mean, the important thing is what Kobe said, right? Wheeler had a great series, um, so that's a good sign for him. Hammer Life going into groups. I think Deft is always going to be a reliability as much as it's Trophy Life Esports. Deft is a good AD carry, and he's someone who you can rely on a lot. Um, obviously, Morgan is going to be their weakest link. Um, Depends which teams can punish it. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to see Fnatic in this group, RNG in this group. Uh, dude, it's so close. The thing is, you think Group C is close, but then you look at Group D oh, group, and you're group, like... This is the fun one. This is the one where you're like, damn. Group C looks stacked and like close, but Group D is even harder to predict. Group Group D is the... I think you can make an argument for anyone getting yeah. it. Let's, so again, uh, Mad Lions, Genji, Team Liquid, LNG Esports... Do we want to start with predictions or do we want to just, is there a specific team that people want to talk about? I mean, cause like, uh, I think we're going to talk about all these teams. Yeah. Cause this, this is, this is the group where you really need. It really, it really is a ramp up of as far as, uh, you know, how close the, the different groups are. And we're like, oh yeah, group C, much, yeah, it's like more, group a, much closer. Group C, group C, yeah. ooh, group D. Oh. Yeah. This, this one's, this one's the, the whole meal. Uh, let's start with LNG because LNG are coming from play-ins. Um, I already in from VODs was like, oh, I'm super hyped for this team because obviously Tarzan and there's gonna be a lot uh, mm -hmm, circling mm -hmm, Tarzan, mm -hmm. but also Ale and him being coming in as the kill leader for LPL for top lane. Yep. It was like perfect. We can hype up that, you know, jungle top is a is a cool way to go about it. And then in play-ins, he did not disappoint. So it it just reinforced it for me. Uh, this this guy is such a good carry top lane player. And he also did not overextend himself in a lot of areas where sometimes, you know, you're getting turbo fed in, in some games and, and people get really loose. Um, I actually, I actually think they can do a lot of damage if you have 
any sort of weakness top, like, <clears throat> I think Rascal might have a, might yeah. have a hard time. That, that's what I was going to say, because I think if you look at three out of four of these, group, these teams, I feel like they have similar play styles where top side is where it's at, right? Liquid. I want to see him versus Alfari the most of any matchup of, the, of this group yeah. would be uh, Ale versus Alfari. That's pretty hype, yeah. That's pretty hype. But like Mad Lions as well, they all play topside. We saw it in the playoffs. Armut mm -hmm, had a great mm -hmm, playoffs. Mm -hmm. uh, Team Liquid rely on topside. That's my take on Team Liquid. I feel like if tops has fallen apart, I really think Team Liquid struggles. Uh -huh. um, and LNG, similarly, uh, I think it's all about topside. Genji, I would say, is more of like... It's the, I mean, it was in the I SKT say, series, it was the ruler show, yeah, for sure. I would say they're a bot-centric team, and I, I like to kind of attribute playstyles to teams, but I feel like Genji just kind of does not do much for their lanes. Like, Ruler gets ahead on his own, you know? If something happens in mid, you know, BD gets ahead mm -hmm. on his own. Rascal has up and downs, and Clid is just always useful. <laughs> I think um, the problem with Genji is like... But the, I would say more bot side, yeah. The way that they play the game is not super thrilling, so it's, like, really hard to talk excitedly yeah. about Genji, even if they are good at a lot of little things. And here's the thing. I, I watched some of... I forget what it's called, but they're basically, like, documentary series that they do. You know, a lot of yeah. teams have uh -huh. their, their film their own thing. It's funny because even their their own coach afterwards and my goodness does he yell at the players it, it was <laughs> really? kind of, it was yeah it was kind of depressing because like everybody was so seemed like quiet and yeah. they were i was like oh i feel bad like you know i'm also getting berated right now yeah but they were like he was bringing up the same things that everybody always brings up about this team of being predictable having a similar play style playing slower playing more methodical but like and they want to change it. Like they want to be more flexible. Mm -hmm. They want to, you know, have more options in this meta. But it's hard to me too when looking at the players. How can you not just rely so much on ruler and and BDD? If I had this roster too, that's this is how I yeah. would play the game. Yeah. This this is what I would do too. Ruler is so insanely good. I just feel like they're if your two carry players are the by far the best players on the team. That just, it makes the most sense to yeah. me. Yeah, I mean, they're a very standard and predictable team in a way, just yeah. like you said. And you can always rely on ruler, ruler, but I think that Gen G is a very good best of one team. And that's mm. why they're in contention in this group. You might say like Mad Lions have a stronger top side or like LNG have a stronger top side or whatever. But Gen G are just so consistent. Good <laughs> Mad, best Mad of Lions ones. are also not a good best of one team. They're exactly, a very good right? best Mad of Lions, five team, but they're Mad not Lions, the best, not, best of one. Mm. Not a great best of one team either. So yeah, that's why the group is just so up in the air. You have similar play styles in a way, but different approaches to kind of like the best of one style and how the, uh, how the whole team functions in a sense. Yeah, I'm really... I think that one of the big things, obviously, that people talk about a lot when you talk about Genji is Clid and his champion pool. Because, like, he likes what he likes, and then he, he mostly sticks to that. And this is obviously, it's not a completely new meta, right? Like, I, we're still going to see, like, mostly Lee Sin. Lee Sin's still the most popular champion. You know, there's still, like, Sin Zhao, still really popular. He can still probably play Jarvan. But I'm curious, like, how much of those new picks come mm. through. And because as much as I think Genji can be very locked into that play style, we haven't seen very much hyper carry bot focus like it's pretty like it was pretty easy for a lot of teams to get like thresh plus hyper carry through the draft probably with Elios most likely right so i'm i'm wondering wondering what genji looks like and how they adapt to this meta in particular because i think in the previous meta it was kind of easy to get away with a lot of those drafts and a lot of those compositions now admittedly partly because t1s are just like half a Felios thresh every game in the series mm -hmm. that they played but i'm i, I want to see how the meta actually affects this team because it is very different yeah for me it it comes down to support i mm. and again i too would want to spend a lot of time around ruler and ensuring that ruler has a good game and a, and a good start and gets fed uh, and so like that's how i would play but 
right now it's just so important for support to run with jungle mm -hmm. and you don't have to go mid but a large percentage of the games are going to be you know jungle support then going mid and then you get to unlock mid and you get to decide um you know which side of the map you want to play from there um but the options are there to the to the team liquid point you made earlier about them being so reliant on top side i'm going to give my team liquid spiel early okay. in this group so that it sets up for my prediction at yep. the end <laughs> yeah um, and especially in talking to them they they don't see it that way as far as being reliant on top as, as far as being reliant on alfari that much mm -hmm. they they do see it in such a a holistic experience where it is the core components of it being very critical for these windows of support roam to be taken advantage of they depending on draft feel like they have the flexibility to send that jungle support pressure to any lane depending on your draft so while if if they have a you know alfari draft then mm -hmm. yeah they'll be completely dependent on alfari for that game yeah but it doesn't mean and especially if they're able to get you know best of series that you that they have to play that way mm. they also showed significant returns when playing um with multiple mid lane rooms for support jungle and jensen being able to carry uh on both melee as well as some mage picks yeah uh, his leasing at the beginning of the year was terrible but then he had some some big hard carry performances from it and tactical while he was a good example of the like leave zigs alone uh, and just farm later. And he, they famously had that game where it was almost 0% duo procs. Mm -hmm. They also, this was one of our big kill lanes in LCS where they would mm -hmm. get 2v2 kill lanes um, when drafting for winning matchups like that for him and Core JJ. So the options are there. So what I, I when I was watching Team Liquid's games, it just felt like when you watch their best of five win against 100 Thieves, it was mm -hmm. all top lane show. And when you watch their best of five loss in the finals against 100 Thieves, this team will never dive bot. Like they will never, I, there was never an instance in all of those eight games, however many it was, that they actually played to dive bot. What they would do is play hard topside, Core JJ with Rome, of course. If Alfari was ahead, that was great. And if he ever got TP advantage, it would be used to defend tactical on the weak side when he's getting dove. He would always TP bot to defend him mm -hmm. and make sure that he's fine. So he was almost like the point of, if he's ahead, he will cover bot and that'll kind of make up for the rest of the map. And there's a lot of instances where Jensen and Santorin tried to move together towards top, but it was so disjointed. Like in the finals when they were playing uh, LeBlanc Trundle against Abadaga's Rise, I think it was. Santorin's going for a crab mm -hmm. and Jensen is sitting in mid just farming and he's trying to do the crab and by the time he's dying, Jensen starts moving and it's like mid-jungle just looks really disjointed. The TF game, they tried to move top together but they never really found the window. By the time they ran top, Jensen was running back mid. The, everything just looked really disjointed between mid-jungle but top support looked like they were on the same page the whole game. In, well, most of the games. Um, and I feel like when Alfari was ahead, he was winning lane. And when he was winning lane, he could cover bot. And when he covered bot, then he'd be able to split push a bit. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's how the team kind of functioned. In the regular season, um, they had several games where Santorin had these routes of red into level two ganking bottom. And so they were mostly predicated on surprise timings, uh -huh. not on slow slow stacking pushing the wave and diving on the bottom side turret but they did have several games where either tactical core jj took a winning matchup blue summoner spells then called jungle or they did surprise timing and brought mm. jungle um so they they did have earlier in the season some examples of play through bottom side mm. but again not the slow push into dive uh you know double stacked wave on that side of the map i will say some of the hangups you know uh clearly and admittedly that you've had that we have had on this team yep. have been 
sometimes overly risk adverse. Mm-hmm. Uh, they 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 have a very clear way they see the game, and a lot of it comes from Core JJ and trying to remove risk factors. They don't want to take very low percentage plays very often, and so sometimes, and especially sometimes, you know, when they're behind, they have a hard time increasing that risk tolerance. Uh, and the other one is Jensen moving from mid lane. So that 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 has always been uh, yeah. an issue. And the, the, the thing that. I saw them playing through bot was when they actually played Kalista. When they played Kalista, it really felt yeah. like tactical and Core JJ were playing for that lane. Anything else, it's almost like, yeah, we're, we're going to play top sides, we're going to yeah. play Ziggs, we're going to play, you know, is it Varus, and we're, we're going to chill. Yeah. 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 I think that it's hard for me to be 100% on the, like, I can see your arguments, and I think they're there. I think it's very easy, like Kadro highlighted, to be like, bam, Alfari, Alfari, Alfari. I'm, I really want to see how Santorin does against these junglers. They slammed him on Malphite and still won. Just <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. Malphite's yeah. OP. I'm telling you guys. <laughs> okay, all right. If all you right. have a thumbs up emoji and ultimate, you can't lose. <laughs> that's true. Well, it does facts. have a cooldown, but that, that's not the important. The thumbs up doesn't. The thumbs up doesn't. Spam it. Okay. There are so many good team fighting teams in this group, though, because, um, you know, Mad Lions and, and Genji as well, even yeah. though we were we were taking a little bit away away from them. Like, these these games, even if a team gets an early lead in Group D, mm-hmm. <laughs> the, it, it's going to go the distance, you know? Yeah. Because there's so many teams at good comeback you're team com- You're completely right. Similar play styles in a way where you would say, like... Um, I was watching the Fnatic behind the scenes thing where they're against Mad and they're like, damn, these guys are really good. Like even when they're behind, they'll find like random engages to actually find numbers advantage. They'll cross map trade evenly when they're behind. And it's just like, how yeah. are they finding these things? I think all these teams have similar kind of ways. I think um, this group is super exciting. I love El Yoya too. I think Mad Lions are going to be first in the group and LNG are going to be second. Wow. I'm so down with that, but I feel like I should temper that. I feel like I need to like come back down to earth. I think. What's your back down to earth? Because I, I I don't feel like there's a clear come back down to earth from that. I I would say that the only thing is is like order. I'm inclined to agree with the two teams. I just think that. Hmm. I think LNG would be first over Mad. No, I really want to believe in Mad, but it feels wrong. You know what I mean? I feel like every time I'm like really want to believe in a European team as a European cast or European expert. If you don't think Mad Lions is going to beat. LPL's full seed. You need more. You need more. I'll send you some hopium. No, no. The pro- this over. is the problem. Is I'm, like, the I'm like eternally. Yeah, I can give you the super too. I'm. I, I feel like there's two kinds of fans, right? When it comes to EU at Worlds, there's the people who want to believe no matter what, and the people, people who get who are disappointed. Like, it's it's doomed yeah. no matter what. I'm on the doom side, and it's not because I don't think that they're good players. It's because like. I just, I'm scared. So, so I'm, you're I'm waiting, scared. You're waiting for the train to move before He's you get on He's afraid to hope. He I'm needs afraid. To help I'm afraid. Open up your heart. Hope. Yeah, Dracos, don't be that man. You need to be well, able to accept wait, love. You weren't here for 2016, 2017 <laughs> G2. No, I wasn't. You don't know what it's like to lose the CLG. Wait, where were you? <laughs> I mean, uh, where you was he? I was, he was playing, playing somewhere. Was playing uh, I never, yeah, I never really had the hopiums. <laughs> no, I think you're right. I think, I think Mad Lions are a very, very strong team. Yeah, I think that questions about consistency and best of one, while I do think it's an issue you should mm-hmm. raise because they were, they did have a solid second half, but even in the solid second half, 7-2, mm-hmm. I believe, of the regular season, um, there were still some really suspect games. There were really some inconsistent games. That said, um, I generally have a lot of faith in Mac as a coach, and Mac is very clear about and knows a lot about his players and I think is very in touch with what his players need. And like he's mm-hmm. always made it very clear that these are players who like rise to the occasion, especially Humanoid. Humanoid has the potential to, on any given day, be one of the best mid-landers in the world or kind of like be fine. Yep. But when the competition is on, he is consistently a very, very good mid-laner. And this is why I'm slightly worried for Mad because they're just not great in best of ones. If you get this team out of groups into quarters, I'm going to have a lot more faith where it's yep. like quarters, yeah, they can maybe make a semis like they're a really good best of five team, but like you said, small inconsistency. The only 
thing I would say is like you, you just said it, humanoid. When he's in a, he's even said it a couple times where it's like if the game's important, yeah, I feel really motivated. If it's like a normal regular spit game against a bad team, whatever, like Meh. worlds yeah. groups, pretty important. Pretty important. Yeah, yeah. maybe that. Yeah, maybe bit. that does it. Kobe, Kobe yeah. where are you? I'll, I'll, mad LNG. I can't. I You're have to. LNG? I have to believe. My man, come on. So I have to believe. If I can make a reasonable argument for the NA representative, then I'm going to do it. And I think that I can make a reasonable argument for Team Liquid um, because support is so important right now. I actually think Core JJ is going to smurf on Iwandi. Actually, turn lanes. You can win your solo lanes for them as support. And he, he, he has had the best in the LCS for, for roam timings. Actually, Vulcan had some really good ones too, where like he completely saved Fudge topside, uh, and they won the game off a, you know, defending tower dive type of thing. But I actually think Team Liquid also have a legitimate chance of getting out of this group. I also was going to put Mad Lions number one, uh, so right there with you guys, because <laughs> after watching them, I literally have seen so many so many games in VODs where I don't spoil myself, and yet. Even with them being down 5,000 gold, I'm like, all right, I'll wait until the team fight. Exactly. Let yeah, me yeah. see it. When's it coming? And then and all what, of a sudden, that's what you great know. teams have, that trend where it's like, <laughs> yeah. you never really count them out. Some I teams, think, you're like, yeah, this game's done. I think Other teams, you're like... Here's here's my question, though. Is is Armut going to continue on on his ascent, on his climb, on his on his level of play? Or is there you know a shaky chance of, of reverting think, here because that that would maybe be the thing that i'm the most worried mm, for there's a lot of off-season talks obviously having behind the scenes is like teams try to scramble to grab rosters and i think one of the general consensuses for europe right now is that the current top lane pool is not the strongest that it has ever been yeah. and i think that armut did very well in playoffs stepped up in a big way i think that like wonder was the guy that you kind of expected to be the best top laner he really underperformed this season i think odo obviously also had a difficult playoffs so mm. it's easy to see armut right now at the top of the podium for top laners mm -hmm. but it was not so long ago that armut was like the the armut small champion pool was a thing that we looked at very much as a weakness and not like a, he's going to play what he's going to play and it's inevitable that he's going to have impact in the, the game the thing is the good thing is the meta for top hasn't shifted much sure. jace gwen nar yeah. wukong Kennen, you know it's still kind of there he hasn't shown any Kennen yet so if he's picked that up great but things like rennington and stuff are still there so that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Whatever was happening in playoffs is still happening at Worlds. If yeah. you just slot in a cannon and maybe question the GP a bit. But I think, I think it's a, my, my, my point here is like, I think it's a super fair question. And I think this is like, I think Armut proved himself a lot in week eight and then continued to prove himself in playoffs. And this is kind of like, I think the last hurdle before you're like, this guy is, you know, an all-star world-class, you know, like yep. top player. Yeah. And the reason I ask is because I think if there's the single most dangerous player in this whole group, to me, it is Ale. Yeah. Um, because he also has Tarzan as his jungler, and they're like, I just have so much confidence in him, you know, playing carry top. So he's gonna just by himself introduce things like Jax and stuff, which wasn't in playoffs. So even if the meta didn't yep. change, Ale yep. will will change it for you. Oh, so. world's exciting. So you think EDG's gonna win worlds? I think RNG's gonna I win do, worlds. Yeah. Who do you think's gonna win worlds? Oh, dude, I don't wanna make a decision. You guys are so confident in that state. I mean, yeah, you got to learn to fake it as a uh, color. <laughs> yeah, they'll win. And if they win, I told you so if they lost. Well, Did guys, you know, that? how was I supposed Did to calculate for this? I I think it's for sure an LPL team. I don't, I'm, the problem is I don't know how to feel just about Just pick FPX. a different one. <laughs> sure, FPX. TSM? FPX. Yeah. Screw it. Why not? I don't FPX, know. yeah. Yeah, cool. their finals was trash, but. And Okay, the last question I'd have to wrap it up is, 
Dark Horse. Who's your Dark Horse to win Worlds? Mad Lions. You, and you're Mad not Lions. allowed to choose Dom one as a Dark Horse no, because they're not, not a Dark Horse. Mad, Mad Lions is my Dark Horse. Who would be your Dark Horse to win Worlds? Yeah, I mean, I guess the Dark Horse questions are always a little bit fraudulent to me because mm. you're like, oh, you have to go below the threshold of it not of being favorites. a favorite, but, but everyone chooses the you know yeah, next but best, good basically. Enough to win, kind yeah, of. type of thing. So. Yeah, I think Mad Lions is not a bad one. Mad Lions LNG. Yeah. Yeah. Both good. Cool. I think past like that, it's kind of hard. All right. Any final notes? Before nah, we, we already over? went over time. We went over time. We went way over time. <laughs> Pretty heavily. Uh, this has been episode one of the Dive Foria. We'll be back in the near future after the next segment has completed uh, with a slightly different cast. We're going to bring Isaac in here. We're going to balance Yeah, I'm going to give controls of the spaceship over. Spaceship will be given to Isaac. It's an honorary right. And then Isaac can get the, the spaceship so you can... Be like on the other Rotate. side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I need um, to see from the other angle. Yeah. See what it looks like. This, this, this looks has been. Good. You need to see what it looks like. This has been the Starship Dive Foria. Uh, our captain Toby, <laughs> first mate Cadrel. <laughs> we officially uh, landed. This, I this is good I because my room. cup of coffee is out, so I'm about to die. <laughs> That's all you episode need to know. Now we cut to black. This has been episode one. We'll see you guys later.